When I tell people now, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I play in rock and roll bands. They're like, oh, like Imagine Dragons. Like, it's everyone's, oh, yeah. like, They're a go-to huge. rock band reference of the last five years. And I'm like, yeah, exactly like Imagine <laughs> Dragons. That's, so that's ben, exactly right. Ben, let, let's have you go first. What is your beef with this incredibly successful band? Yeah. So I, I, I'll start <laughs> with your point, which is that they they – apparently they play instruments that that seems hard to believe but apparently they actually yeah. play these instruments okay and they do write these songs but it's not rock music at all in any way shape or form it's like just real super canned and uh, and like i hate that drum sound i hate that guitar sound i hate that guy's voice i hate their stupid words and i don't like their songs so <laughs> other than that the play was amazing 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys Like that moment in Spaceballs where they were watching the videotape <laughs> watching of their themselves own film. in the video. <laughs> now is now. This is now. Um, good thing uh, Jeff Simons is here from Berkeley. Ben Barton is here from Knoxville. Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you to describe the 2020 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys podcast extravaganza live. So we were thinking it would be fun to have some of our most devoted listeners join us for the 2020 taping. So we are going to put up, uh, there'll be a space on the Facebook page and the, where else do you, where else do Uh, Twitter? Twitter. We got an Instagram thing going, Timmy? Uh, you know, I set one up. I really haven't been on I it. don't I, think I, that's <laughs> really a thing. I don't think the kids are using yeah. Instagram, so don't worry about that. <laughs> that's but, not uh, our market, you know? <laughs> Facebook and Twitter, there'll be an invitation to say, I want in. Once you're signed up, we'll let you know, and then you will get the link in advance of the taping, and we'll have a semi-live studio audience for the 2020 taping, and you'll have a chance to ask questions in the chat and – uh just generally cause uh, a little bit of trouble in our 2020 broadcast. Should be and fun. That's, that, we think it's going to be May 5th uh, is what we're shooting for at this point. Uh, raise your hand if you're going to feel weird with other people on our little Zoom. I'm going to feel a little Oh, awkward. I'm going to be super psyched about it. Also, we can set it up where like there are peons who don't get to see us. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're well, you'll be, gonna be able to you'll see be us. limited in your activity, but you will be you'll you'll have a mighty voice in the chat and with one another. Don't okay, worry, and you'll be room. just distracting enough that we're sure to make fools of ourselves even more than well, you. Well, we we can also discuss. We'll see how many people. But I mean, like I've been at different versions of academic conferences. So there's a version where everybody's on Zoom and you can see people. But okay. There's another version where you can only see the presenters, and everyone else is penned off. And then there's a <laughs> there's a Q and A function and a comment function, and they could turn those on or off. And take them away from you and one of the ones that i was in there was so much complaining in the comment area about oh, no. the fact that they had been penned out that they cut off the comment area of the admin <laughs> it was awesome. gold i love academia that's, that's so great we are definitely going to cut people off who don't say five star things about the show while uh, it's happening that'll be great well that is going to be fun we are uh 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys Coming to you on the Music City Podcast Network, uh, our home for this past year. By the way, when when was our when did we record our first episode? Was it May? <laughs> Timmy, uh, you're the best man. It's all a blur. It's all a blur. It's somewhere I, around there. All I remember is my pick was Ooh Child, and I nailed it. That was, that was my winning streak began right there. That's right there. One, one it didn't even come out that year. That was the best part of it. <laughs> That's right. You start the whole thing starts with like the wrong year. And you're like, it's a, uh, it's a brother sister act from Detroit that came out this year. Just like, yeah. nope, it's, they're not related. It's from Chicago. <laughs> All right. Let's hey, get... We've grown so much. We've grown so much as a trio in this. Year. Let's go to the Grammy winner to set the stage for a discussion of 2017. Hit it, Jeff. It's the Grammy winner. That's what I like by Bruno Mars. 
Fix up that scampi. Uh, has, That's a good line. <laughs> has Bruno Mars made uh, artistic progress since the derivativeness of the previous album? I might. I much uh, prefer Uptown Funk to this. Oh yeah, this is a disaster. I hate this. This is one. a crappy slow jam. And the worst part is the chorus is the worst part. Like it's pretty good, and then like all the good bass and fun stuff drops out, and he does that stupid "That's what I like" part. Like it's one of those weird hit songs where the the chorus is memorable, but it's actually the least fun part of the whole song, huh. which is very weird. But I am uh, super excited for the for the record that he has coming out with Anderson Pack. Uh, yeah, he's early. Like their recording and the first single was was really 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 good. Was oh, cool. it's, it's basically derivative seventies stuff, but yeah. that's a way I mean, better was... move than being derivative <laughs> of this for sure. I totally agree. Yeah, this is like, you know, when it's basically if you're gonna rip people off, you really got to kill it. And when you kill it, then I'm like, okay, you know, I'll give it to you. But this is not. This is just super it's boring. Strawberry champagne it. on ice. I'm like, oh. no, stop. <laughs> I hate everything about that. Like all of those things are bad. <laughs> <laughs> great great point all right well 2017 of course gave us the inauguration of donald trump as our president and immediately after the women's march in washington dc the largest single day protest in u.s history did that surprise either of you how how women came out for that particular march it did not surprise me at all no in fact what surprised me is that they left i assume they would just be out there setting things on fire indefinitely okay no it did not surprise me all right uh did did either of your wives go yeah andy and the girls went yeah um my wife went as well uh she said it was just a remarkable experience. And so like to your point, Jeff, so positive and such a, a feeling of connectedness uh, with everyone else who was there. Yeah. It was really transformative for Helen. The, the robot. I don't, lady. I don't like my wife to attend things. So she stayed <laughs> home, but I'm glad that. <laughs> Dear God. Fortunately, uh, she does not listen. No, right. she really doesn't. There was another event in 2017, <laughs> really strange, uh, an assassination in Kuala Lumpur, the assassination of Kim Jong-nam. Uh, what do you all know about that particular story? I think he's the related to Kim Jong-un. Good I think brother. Brothers. Yep. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and Nicely i can't done. remember how he killed him i think maybe it was some kind of weird poison um it and was. it was basically just generally like what a disaster that country is and how like what a mess it is to this is an alleged people. assassination right i don't want i you don't want given to what happened to that that movie name? that the those two, two stoners made i don't want to get the podcast in trouble this is all okay. alleged yeah. behavior okay yeah i i mean North Korean hackers getting into my email would really have a field day with. Yeah, right. Oh, is um, this eczema? <laughs> <laughs> this was the assassination where North Korean agents trained two women to be on a prank TV show. Oh, and yeah. they went and did a bunch of pranks at different airports. Oh, my God. And then they had them ready in Kuala Lumpur when their target had arrived and they said, okay, now we're going to prank that businessman. 
and they d- went and did the thing they'd been doing on other um, other pranks. Uh, but this time it was a, a nerve agent that they sprayed the man with. And First of all, I love this. Like, <laughs> I love the crazy. effort. I love the work. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of work. Yeah. Of, you know that, like, the like. I'm not saying that uh, about who would be responsible, but let's say that okay. the North Korean Secret Service was responsible. Uh-huh. You know, they got a big budget, <laughs> and you know that they've got to pitch things. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. surely they they were like, "There's somebody we need to kill," and they were like, "Well, you have guns and okay. bullets." They're like, "No, yeah. that no. no. Why Why would we do that? That'll Listen, trace back. We need to yeah. create a prank show and go all around the world, and then." we'll do a nerve agent <laughs> right whoever their boss was and i won't say who was was just like oh rock on uh-huh. now we're talking right it was a woman from vietnam and a woman from um indonesia who yeah, did the killing yeah i i gotta say <laughs> like a a somebody who appreciates method acting this has depth uh, yeah. <laughs> really remarkable uh that may uh, Donald Trump fires James Comey and Robert Mueller is appointed special counsel. That seems to have um, worked out well. Uh, Robert Mueller <laughs> did good work. Uh, ben Barton, you're a, a, a lawyer. I don't know, man. It's really like uh, this is not this is a political question, not a legal question. I, I mean, be, like, it's it's hard to say. No, no one yeah. no one seemed very satisfied with it. But maybe that means it's the best compromise. I don't know. I got to come up with a good contracts question, like a really meaty contracts question for you to deal with. I answer some of them. This one, I'm just not inclined to. Uh, yeah. To opine at this time. You are, Tim, the only person I know that read the entire Mueller report. Did you read twice? it? Oh, twice. Oh, yeah. And oh, then like, and I know you read the whole thing because you were excerpting passages as a live read on your Facebook page. You were like, what about this? And it was like four <laughs> sentences from the middle. It was like, he's I mean, really reading the whole thing. I am if, so impressed. If you don't read it, you just don't know. It's fascinating the things that um, certain people said in their interviews. But uh, but I digress. That's for uh, season two of our podcast. Um <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to our number one hit because I have a, a, a big Ariana Grande conversation to have after our number one hit. I just want to get this song out of the way. Go. Okay. I will say um, I know something about this song, which it is this it oh. is the single most played song in YouTube history. Wow. With almost 2 billion views. 2 billion. Hey B I, as in boy billion. Ben Barton, go. call out the title as soon as you recognize it. It's the number one hit. Despacito by Louis Fonzi, Daddy Yankee, and Justin Bieber. Was oh, it Despacito? Si. Come and move that in my direction. Thankful for that, it's such a blessing, yeah Turn every situation into heaven, yeah Oh, you are My sunrise on the darkest day Got me feeling some kind of way Make me wanna savor every moment Slowly, slowly You fit me, tell her, may love how you put it on Got the only key, know how to turn it on The way you nibble on my ear, the only words I wanna hear Baby, take it slow so we can last long Tú eres el imán y yo soy el metal Me voy acercando y voy armando el plan Solo con pensarlo se acelera el pulso Oh yeah Ya, ya me está gustando más de lo normal Todos mis sentidos van pidiendo más Esto hay que tomarlo sin ningún apuro Despacito Quiero respirar tu cuello despacito All right um, any, any problems with that? massive pop hit no i'm shocked that it's i mean it's got 2.6 billion listens on uh spotify i'm just shocked by its popularity i have no problem with it but it's it's not like it's not like hearing yesterday for the first time or like you know like a song where you're like well everyone's gonna know how to sing that but it's Uh i mean it's it's the happy birthday to you of the last 10 years i mean and it dwarfs all the other is this the biggest song ever conversations we've had? Like no song has the, has the listens that this song has. And it's not even close. It's a billion listens ahead of anything else we've discussed. So that surprises me. Yeah. 
And you think of the gigantic hit that uh, Living La Vida Loca was or the Macarena. It seems like American pop radio is ready to embrace Hispanic culture. Uh, what happened to Los Lobos? How come they didn't get involved? I was in a valley for it. But no, I mean, from this record forward, it's like it's super common to have these. Yeah, man. Like, Bad Bunny. English. And, yeah. And yeah. Jay Balvin. Yeah. All There's right, a weirdly but, good Madonna song called Medellin, where she's got a guy mumbling in Spanish. Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah. Great. I do not well, she know. Also, that she did La Isla Bonita back in 1980. <laughs> that one I have six. less love for. Started the whole trend right <laughs> That's there, right? It right there. Sorry, La Bamba. <laughs> uh, all right. The, the awful bombing in Manchester at the Ariana Grande uh, concert it killed 22 people. And I was just wondering what y'all's thoughts are on Ariana Grande, because it, it seems to me that she handled what was an impossible situation uh, w with real grace. Um, and here's a here's a singer who was a bit player on a Nickelodeon show as a teenager. And now she's one of our biggest stars. What, what are your all's thoughts on on Ariana? I uh, kind of like Ariana Grande. Okay. And um, but it's like, but I, she doesn't, she's not on a par with Lord or some of the other like people that, that, that are kind of arguably her peers. I don't even think that she's as good as Rihanna. Um, she, I think it's uh, fair to compare her to Rihanna and then maybe to Madonna. I mean, she, I don't, it's my understanding. She doesn't really write the stuff. She's got pretty good taste and the records uh -huh. have been basically good. And you can count on her for one or two, you know, good singles that you can tap your toes to, you know, at least every other year. So, okay. And uh, Jeff, do you have an appreciation I, I for her? I stopped taking her even remotely seriously after that donut licking thing. Stop. No, and, she didn't uh, lick a donut. Did she? she licked the donuts. She was in line at a donut store with her boyfriend and they, they licked the displayed donuts and she got thrown out. And then she I threw thought a the controversy was international was... temper tantrum and it was all on TMZ. And I was like, well, that's a silly person. And I've never really recovered. And I don't like I don't begrudge her. Are you and the sure she defined. licked? I, I, I need to see this video. I thought the controversy was she was making fun of America. Like, oh, my God, we're putting bacon. That was on a donuts. whole different thing. I Wait, she has two donut shop controversies. Well, I mean, maybe the same controversy. She might say I hate America before she licks the donuts. But I have huh. seen the video. <laughs> but I, whatever. I don't care. I have I have like. I couldn't have less of an opinion. She doesn't bother me and uh, she does nothing for me as well. So, thank you. Next song where everyone's like, oh, this amazing new kind of breakup song. Uh -huh. I was like, really? I, so, I don't hear it. But so whatever. my daughter Flannery, who's just turned 13 this week. Woo. Happy birthday, Flannery. She does our, our introductory voiceover, the title, the title track. Nice. With, with a kind of sigh when she says 50 year old white guys. Um, she was arguing with me in the car that Ariana Grande is iconic. Uh, not just that, but that she's very iconic. And I, and I tried to have a conversation <laughs> with her about whether you can have degrees of like, iconicness. Um, Jeff Simons, Ariana Grande, iconic or just a well, pretty good singer? Come on. No, she's not iconic. Ben but Barber. I mean, I thought Adam Ant was iconic when I was Flannery's age. So I'm not going to give her any shit about it. Wait a minute. It. Like Adam Ant is iconic. Come on. <laughs> uh Ben Barn, this'll this'll hurt your feelings. She's like, oh well you just you just think Eureka Franklin is iconic. Eureka Franklin? She did not say Eureka Franklin. First of all, that did not hurt my God. feelings at all. And that's fine. That is fine. The new replaces the old. This is the cycle of life, Tim. And also, you cannot argue with your kids about who's iconic. They get their own icons. Like her generation is going to have their own version of the icons and it'll be great. That's fine. And, and they'll forget all about Eureka Franklin. Yeah, totally. That's <laughs> the new replaces the old. That's it. That's all you have for it. I wouldn't uh, like, uh, <laughs> and I guess actually maybe right around 13 was when I gave up on those, those sorts of arguments. Like that, like if the girls are like blank is iconic, I'm like, okie doke. Like, you know, you get to drive that and, then, and you you let yourself out of the argument by saying okie doke and that's how they knew that you had no space to fight back <laughs> oh dude yeah and if the girls were here they would totally agree with that one of the things that they hate the most is when i'm like all right and they're like oh i know when oh, you give up like dude, we're, i'm like read the transcript i said all right <laughs>
that good. Sure, that goes over well. Um, all right. We had a Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. Nice town. Bummer of a rally. Uh, we had a total solar eclipse. Did either of you partake of the eclipse? I couldn't. I wanted to, but like uh, it was $700 to rent like a patch of land to watch it out where I oh am. God. But I had several friends who like got on it a year in advance and put yeah. themselves in the exact perfect spot and including two astronomer buddies who like oh, it, it was, was a big deal for them. We, we went into the Great Smokies, Ben. We, we had a, we brought the entire school out into the Great Smokies. It was uh, freaking amazing. Didn't you think it was, it was amazing? amazing? We were in amazing. my uh, India's uncle Victor and Linda's backyard. Okay. In, like, uh, like in a town south of here. It didn't come. It was like we were in the border zone in Knoxville, but in this town, okay. it was amazing. I couldn't believe like it was one of those things that's like the Grand Canyon where everyone's like, you're really like the Grand Canyon. It's amazing. I'm like, sure. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this really was. It's <laughs> really incredible. And, and this was like that. They were like, oh, you're never going to, you're not going to believe how cool it is. And yeah. it was, you know, it was midsummer. Yeah. So hot uh-huh. in Tennessee. And it was the middle of the day. And then it like, the, and the, the craziest thing was first, like we were completely still all the animals stopped so before anything even happened. And the animals uh. were like, like the animals were like all like, ah! like <laughs> just like cuddled up there. Like we're all going to die. It was amazing. Like we're completely silent. Yeah. And then it was like really creepy. And then it went completely dark. It was insane. It was and then insane. it came back out and 20 minutes later it was hot as hell again. But I mean, so, you yeah. can totally see how, like, if you were an Incan or whatever, you would oh. be like, oh, oh, the, oh the God's God is really a mad. huge message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, the beheadings scene. must increase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the friends who went and really got a great spot were already talking about how they wanted to do that for the next one. Like, yeah, I really, want to find the next one. Yeah, yeah, had really had made it quite an impression. All right, so impossible question. Um, before we get to our three songs, the impossible question involves uh, a, a death. Um. Chuck Berry dies this year. Would you agree mm. that that Chuck Berry is one of the fathers of rock and roll? Oh, easy. Yeah, easy. Just going to agree. One right? might even use the word iconic to describe one, Chuck Berry. One might. Uh, Jeff, you do, saw him, right? You've seen Chuck Berry. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it amazing? Yeah, it was f- phenomenal. It was <laughs> Timmy, have you seen him? I've never seen him. No, live. No. What, what? Oh, I saw. I say. I. I'm, I, it's an exaggeration to say three times for sure. I can remember crisply seeing him two times each time, 51 minutes. Like, yep. <laughs> just long <laughs> enough. Oh man. Well, and, every uh, song's every song's three minutes or two. Well, no, 30, he obviously was playing 30 seconds beyond the contract. Like he was obviously like fulfilling the absolute minimum of whatever deal he had signed. And then was like, but up, but up and out. <laughs> Yeah. So, and um, Jeff, I'm pretty sure Jeff has seen this. The the Chuck Berry documentary is amazing and I strongly recommend it. And even if you don't see that, just look up the uh, Springsteen story about Chuck Berry. That two minutes is one of the funniest things you'll ever hear. So (laughs) Chuck Berry was infamous for being cheap and not touring with the band. So Springsteen is uh, working at the Stone Pony and he gets a call from the other Stone Pony. And he's like, hey, man, I got I got a really good gig for you. Why don't you and the guys come and back up Chuck Berry? And he was like, really, really? Like, oh, I, I would wow. get to meet Chuck Berry. You're serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah, he comes. And, and he was like, he doesn't tour with the band. And he was like, ha, 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 no. Chuck Berry doesn't tour with the band. <laughs> and I have to pay him in cash, in hundreds, in a paper bag before he'll go on. Wait, so, who does? The club the owner. That's the how club that's how Chuck Berry, his contract says, I'm gonna show up, you're gonna pay me in cash in a paper bag before I go on. If I don't get the cash wow. in the bag, I don't go on. So Springsteen gets there, they set up, they set everything up, and there's a they describe how they want his rig set up. He doesn't even tour with an amp. Right. He just <laughs> has an amp that the freaking club gives them. And they're like, okay, well, you know, what's the set list? What's this? And the club owner's like, I don't know anything, man. Just, just, you'll find out. 10 minutes before the show, Limbo pulls up out back, Chuck Berry gets out. And they're like, and, and, and Springsteen's like, hey, hey, and Chuck Berry's like, get out of my way. <laughs> He's carrying his guitar. He walks in, he opens up the guitar backstage. He walks out. And again, like if you're typically as a professional, someone tunes the guitar the whole nine yards. Nope. He just pulls the guitar out, goes oh out front, gosh. plugs in 
starts playing, no explanation to the band whatsoever. The band runs out after him, plays. He goes through the songs, calls out the keys, doesn't even tell them the songs, when it starts, when it ends, nothing. Leaves, puts his guitar back, grabs his bag of money and goes. And then, so it was unbelievable. And obviously that didn't just happen to the Stone Pony. That was what happened when when Barry Everywhere. And, um, And Springsteen was like, and then to be honest, you know, now that I've gotten to know him, I asked him about it. And he was like, if you're a band and you can't play my songs, you don't deserve to be in the business. I've got no <laughs> pity for you. <laughs> and, and the follow up story to that is Chuck uh, closed the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show. When they opened the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they did this giant show at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland. And they had everybody there. And Chuck Berry is closing the show and he's supposed to play Johnny Be Good. Uh-huh. And they've got everybody up there, like Springsteen, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, like every famous guitar player. There's a band of like 40 guys. And Barry <laughs> comes out and goes into You Never Can Tell in E flat <laughs> without telling anybody. Uh-huh. And they're all like, you know, somebody goes, and A, and he's like, it was a teenage wedding. And they're all like, what in the what? And you see all these super famous guys. It's like, frantically scrambling and they start laughing and Clapton goes around the front, looks at Barry's hands and you can see him turn around and go E flat, E flat. And everyone's oh like laughing and trying to figure out where the hell that's how they closed the show. This four hour like advertisement for the rock and roll hall of fame is these, all these famous dudes like just lost and laughing and Barry's like in the front, like just giving the whole that thing, the giant double bird. That's so funny. Well, let's, I love uh, that. let's play a little game. Uh, Cause in 2017, a very big band put out a very successful album. I think it was their third album. Uh, Jeff, why don't you play their hit song off of it? And we'll have Ben connect the dots. Ben, how can we get from Chuck Berry uh, to this particular superstar band? I just want to announce to the audience that I this is not my idea to make you listen to this song. First things first, I'm going to say all the words inside my head. I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been. Oh, the way the things have been Second thing, second Don't you tell me what you think that I can be I'm the one at the sale I'm the master of my CEO The master of my CEO I was broken from a young age Taking my soak into the masses Stop, stop, stop Does he break into a Chuck Berry riff At some point later in the song? He very much does not so do all three of us dislike this band? Yeah, I despise these guys. Oh, f- and- I fucking hate this band. So dislike is not strong enough for, for you two. Yeah, and I, and I, they, they particularly irritate me because when I tell people now, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I play in rock and roll bands. They're like, oh, like Imagine Dragons. Like it's everyone's oh, yeah. like they're a huge. go-to rock band reference of the last five years. And I'm like, yeah, exactly like Imagine <laughs> Dragons. That's, so, that's but- exactly right. Ben, let's have you go first. What is your beef with this incredibly successful band? Yeah, so I, I'll start with your point, which is that they, they apparently they play instruments. That that's, seems hard to believe, but apparently they actually yeah. play these instruments okay. and they do write these songs, but it's not rock music at all in any way, shape or form. It's like just real, super canned. And, uh, and like, I hate that drum sound. I hate that guitar sound. I hate that guy's voice. I hate their stupid words and I don't like their songs. So Bingo. other than that, the play was amazing. <laughs> it sounds like a song that you might hear if, if you change the production, Thomas the Tank Engine could sing that melody. It's so huh. sing-songy, stupid, Tooneyville choo-choo. Their songs, it kind the, of the melodies of their songs huh. are advertisements for like detergent or, I mean, it's the most like on the nose, like you will remember this immediately. Like there's yeah, just the no drums nuance especially. or subtlety. Like I, and all the songs are one word, thunder, believer. Like I just hate it. 
this is lowest common denominator art at, from the jump. I just hate this shit. Does it surprise you? Minus. Does it surprise you they come from Las Vegas? <laughs> no, I'm not going to jump on Las Vegas. The killers are from Las Vegas. We like the killers. Actually, the killers are, and they're terrific. Yeah, I, Imagine Dragons. I, I, I had a song stuck in my head because of stupid FIFA and playing FIFA. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop. Stop that song. That's uh, perfect, though. It's music. It's music to play during timeouts at of games. a video game. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly yeah. who they are. They, they got together. They're like something between the first and second quarter of an NBA game. That's that's what we want to sound like in perpetuity. And they have that's... pulled that off beautifully. But uh, there's so much more to get to in this year. We just don't have time. We could talk about Warren Beatty messing up the, the Oscar announcement, which is dreadful. Uh, the Me Too movement begins uh, in earnest with Harvey Weinstein. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle get engaged. I hope that has a happy end. Uh, and, um, and finally, my favorite commercial of the year, Kendall Jenner's Pepsi ad, where she oh, joins. That, was, that, went, that went very well. She joins well. what appears to be. You know what I loved was the <laughs> SNL parody of that, oh, where the, the guy SNL who's directing is... it is calling his He's friends kinda... and they keep like they're obviously telling him everything about this is a terrible this idea. Is a terrible idea. This is a terrible idea. Uh, I actually went ahead and um, and put out on our Twitter uh, the long version of the ad, where it's really that much more remarkable. Kendall How Jenner. long is the long version? Oh, it's like three minutes. It's it's oh, like a little God. mini movie. Yeah. It's a disaster. And the funniest thing is it's aged much worse. Like it was a disaster at the time. And it's so much more embarrassing today than it was then. It's amazing. Good stuff. All right. Our three songs. Our three songs. And I think we go back to Ben Barton. I think that's right. Going first. All right. Yeah, so um, I struggled with this year, the last year and the year before. Like last year, there were a bunch of records that came out that I really liked, but I knew I, I had to choose Ultra Light Beams. This year was hard. I boiled it down to two people. Uh, I just boiled it down to Kesha. The Kesha record this year was like, I just wore that record out. Um, but I decided to go with Sufian Stevens to complete the trifecta. So 24 Frames, Ultra Light Beam, and now this song, The Greatest Gift, are these three related in my mind uh, religious songs but first i'll tell a brief sufian stevens story he's uh born in 1975 in detroit and his parents split up and he lives with his dad and his stepmom and they moved to petrovsky michigan which is like at the very tip of the mitten um up on the water there and he goes to a christian high school an interlocking uh music camp which we've, we've heard about before um, then he goes to Hope College in Holland, Michigan, and then he goes and gets a master's at the new school, and then he's off and running with his music career. I mentioned the Michigan roots because my mom's entire family is Dutch, and they're all from this area. They're all from Grand Rapids or from um, up by the, uh, really pretty close to Petrovsky. Um, and they, that, that entire side of the family, excluding my mom, are really, really, really super serious Christians. And so I have a weird flavor for this guy's upbringing. Um, and I have some understanding of like, he's a really, really, really weird amalgam of things. Uh, so he puts out a couple of like weird, squirrely independent records. And then his first record that makes any splash at all is called Michigan. Um, and then he follows that up with a, a, a EP called Seven Swans. And then his like big hit for Sufjan Stevens is the record Illinois and the record or come on here, the Illinois at this point. Now he's released this joke idea that he's going to make 50 albums about all 50 States. Like he's just going to have an album where he just describes how awesome each state is. And he's done it already for Michigan and Illinois. Needless to say, he never does it again. Although I will say he has another geographic music piece that I'll talk about in a second. Um, that record is, is a freaking masterwork. I love that record. The song Chicago on that record just murders me. And then Casimir Pulaski Day is related to the song that I have here because it's a cancer song. It's about a girl that he knew um, when he was growing up. And it's not like it's a little unclear. It sounds like maybe they dated and then she died of uh, leukemia. So he's in this like um, Iron and Wine, Sufjan Stevens, Bon Iver are all in this like new acoustic 
um, beautiful singing, great songwriting. And I have them all connected in my mind. And this is saying a lot because Bon Iver's maybe a sideline of being a hip hop producer. Sufjan Stevens is the weirdest. Like he is just a huge, gigantic weirdo. Every three or four years, he goes back into the studio and cuts an acoustic record and they're just gorgeous. And my song this year is, is part of that. And then in the interim, he does these weird techno pieces. Um, I, what actually made me choose it is I've been getting spammed by Bandcamp because he just released his 50 song uh, ambient music piece called Convocations. 50 song? 50 songs, yes. The first 10 are meditation, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Then lamentation, 1, 2, 3, 7, 8, 10. Revelation, celebration, incantation, and we're out. He's the best wow. guy. And by the way, I bought it. I was like, sure. <laughs> you have a 50 song ambient music project? That You're sounds in. good to me. I can't wait yeah. to hear that. So, oh yeah. So 2007, he follows up his biggest hit record with a, a instrumental classical music piece about the BQE, the Brooklyn Queens Expressway in oh. New York. And he performs it live at BAM with the Brooklyn Philharmonic. And it's freaking hilarious. I'm like, all right, build on that success, brother. You know, like you yeah. have your most popular record yet. That BQE musical is going to be huge. <laughs> um, 2010, he comes to Knoxville, Tennessee as part of the Big Ears Festival. So it's him and Brent Desner and a bunch of other like Brooklyn weirdos all working together on this thing. He plays at the Bijou Theater, which I've described before. It's the, like the old school 700 seat, gorgeous theater from before there was amplification. He falls in love with it. He puts out a record called Age of Ads in 2010. He comes back to Knoxville and instead of being placed in the bigger stadium, the bigger theater, which he could have uh, filled, he was like, I put me in the Bijou. That's it. I want to play that theater. That's my theater. So that story alone, I was like, oh, this is my guy. Like, that's amazing. Because, I mean, first of all, like, guys like him don't often come to Knoxville. And then second for him to like build it into his tour and choose the smaller place because he loved the place. And it was my birthday. November 5th, 2010, he plays hey. the Bijou, and it was a freaking great show. He was amazing. And I've mentioned this before, but I'll just say it again. When you show up in Knoxville, Tennessee in a midweek show and then just fucking shred, you're all right with me. You know what I mean? Like, that means that you're doing something right. That's right living right there. So 2015, he comes out with one of his great, I mean, this is probably his best acoustic record, Carrie and Lowell. And uh, he lived mostly with his dad and his stepmom. This is about his mom and his stepdad, whose names are Carrie and Lowell. And it's about his mom dying of stomach cancer. And it's a brutal, brutal, it's beautiful, but just a brutal listen. The, the single on the song is called Fourth of July. And the chorus of Fourth of July is, what did I learn on the Fourth of July? We're all going to die. That's the chorus to the song. That's brutal. So in 2017, he has an amazing year. So call me by your name. Um, the, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, male homosexual love story comes out that year and he does the soundtrack for it. And there's four songs on that soundtrack that are by him. All of these like beautiful, beautiful acoustic ones and place in the movie spectacular. And he releases, um, he releases outtakes from Carrie and Lowell and it's called the greatest gift and the song on it's the greatest gift. So it's an under two minute song and it's an acoustic song. And if you kind of catch it, you can see that it's about his mom's death, but it's also just about his relationship with God and his feelings about God all at the same time where he's like this weirdo living in Brooklyn and doing all this weird electronic music. Um, Jeff, if you'll start it and play it to like a minute four, the second verse has like the piano comes in and the piano is spectacular too. I just want to get a flavor for that. You want me to start it? At start at the beginning, but, but start at the beginning. We'll go all the way through the first verse. After the first line of the second verse, you can cut it off. Got it. The Greatest Gift by Suf John Stevens. But Praise the mountain and the rain All the gifts that still remain But the greatest gift of all And the law above all laws Is to love your friends and lovers To lay down 
on the um i have this on my exercise mix which is mostly just fast ones but this one right. just powerfully moves me every single time i hear it um i love the lay down your, your life for your brother and the love one another but in particular the as i have as we abide in peace so will our peace increase oh just so beautiful, beautiful. Jo- so will our joy increase like it's just a spectacular statement about life and how to live it and again like this is why i connected in my mind ultralight beams and 24 frames it's like a vision of this loving god in the world created out of an imperfect artist that sort of just sort of like explains to me sort of the broader like the spirituality of of my life like these three songs in particular like connect huh. together and describe it for me beautiful stuff Jeff, what do you think of this artist? You know, I think it's really important that every, everybody has a Sufjan Stevens kind of artist for them. He's not that guy for me. Like, uh-huh. I don't dislike him at all. But like, and I love that song because Ben turned me on to it. Like, I mean, the ones that Ben goes gaga for, I, I you know, I'm going to listen to it 25 times in here and I'm going right, to discover right. some stuff. But I don't go back to him. But you got to have artists like that you have to have artists who are who are uh, intimate and who are uh willing to just bear like have that bare emotional kind of response to life that they just communicate and that gives you that reminder that music isn't just entertainment it's also this kind of spiritual possibility so you know, like Adam Levy, my choice last week, that that's that's the record like that for me, that yeah. this record is for Ben. So like I uh uh and like when I'm listening to it through Ben's description, I get it. But like for whatever reason, and maybe it's the overhype at the early part of his career, or maybe it's the just the um he's all over the place as an artist. Like he and I have never totally connected but not in any way that's his fault at all. It's just like, Oh, I disagree. It's partially his fault. Dude. Every time, I mean, he's not my guy, you know, every time he puts out a record that you might like, I'm like, Oh, you might like this. And you're like, okay. And then, then you're like, Oh, then you listen to the next thing. And you're just like unlistenable. Like it's a 50 album lamentation, 50 song, you know, ambient lamentation. And you're like, Oh, I guess I made a mistake. And maybe that's the problem is like, you know, you do have to cherry pick with this guy to find the version of him. That is your aesthetic but uh i was i'll fully admit like i bought the illinois record like everybody i know this is the record of the year and i put it on i was like waiting and i put it on again and i put it on again and i overreacted to my to the overhype and my initial dislike and was just like and so you never came around to come back you you didn't come around on the song chicago or or oh no i've come around on chicago for sure i think it's his best song and like this is a guy who's going to write two dozen killers I mean, he's just like he's that kind of artist he's talented he's smart he's driven he's constantly searching like this is a guy who's going to make great art it is embedded in art that doesn't totally do it for me in a sense that i might not find it until you find it and make me listen to yeah. it yeah oh right, dude, right, well, and I, I'm right. like the, the end of the the concert in knoxville so it's the age of ads tour which is a, an electronic record and 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 i actually like it but other I, jeff would definitely despise it so and it's loud it's loud. he's got a huge band of weirdos up there like you know banging on computers it's right. like a devo show it's like really a lot he goes off we call him on for the encore they leave the curtain closed with all of the stuff behind him he comes out with a stool and sits down and they set up I, I was about to say they set up a mic, but that's wrong. They were on <laughs> mic'd. Wow. He comes out and he does Chicago and he does Casper Pulaski Day. And it's, it's two or three other people are with him, including like a tuba, a stand-up bass, and a viola. And I mean, wow. first of all, you could have heard a pin drop in the theater. Yeah. I mean, everyone was on the edge of their seats. And second, just like the powerhouse of like, it's one of these things that's sort of cool about that theater. And generally, if you've been in an old theater, it's like this, like, 
that, that theater's like more than 120 years old. And there have been people sitting in those seats experiencing right. this thing. Yeah. Like they show up and pay money to do For this thing. Century. It's yeah. like going to um, like Wrigley Field to see baseball too. It's the same thing. You're like, there's ghosts here watching this. And the ghosts are like, oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, yeah, I didn't stuff. like it with the computers, but this part I see. Yeah. <laughs> that's really great. Jeff Simons, that's a tough one to follow. What do you have for 2017? Uh, so interesting. I'm going to change my my pick. Cause, Wait, uh, on the fly? I am like, this is a tough year for me. I have like, I have three or four songs that are just all tied. Like, I don't have like a, oh, this is a song. Um, like, I really fell for the Idols first record this year. The song Well Done just absolutely cracks my ass up every okay. time. Um there's a random Robin Hitchcock song from this year called Virginia Wolf. That's one of the best songs he ever wrote in his life, but he's uh -oh. like 25 years past his, uh, his value date. I can't um, believe you're so, not choosing the idols. Are you, are you going to choose Kendrick now? No, no, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go with, uh, cause you talk, I, I was just talking about, you need an artist like this. This is one of the guys who's an artist for me, like Sean Stevens is for you. And I'm going to talk about a style of song that's been a particular argument with me and Ben. So this is going to be fun. Oh I'm going to poke you a little bit. So I, <laughs> uh, ever since uh, my first foray into lifetime commitment did not work out. Um, and thankfully, my second attempt has gone much better. So far, knock on wood. If she continues to, you know, not listen to me, I think everything's going to be okay. <laughs> but um, I'm, I've, I'm at an age, we're at an age where I, I do sometimes think about the inevitable end to things. Um, oh boy. Jeepers. And I love songs that think about marriages as ha talking about the inevitable end of marriages in ways that is not in a way that I don't find depressing at all and find tremendously uplifting. And that Ben finds a huge bummer and gets very pissed at me for loving. So <laughs> This argument started with a Wilco song called On and On and On oh, from Sky Blue Sky. I love that song. I think it's beautiful. I think it's uplifting. It's I, I find it incredibly comforting. Um, and Ben <laughs> has constantly been like, there's something wrong with you, right? But I can't remember. You, you feel cry. the same way. Of, you also like, at least that's what she said, right? That's also a great song about marriage. <laughs> no, that one less so. But this one, like, please don't cry. We're designed to die. We'll stay together yet. There, there's a the endurance quality of that. And the song that just absolutely poleaxed me in the same way from this year is a song called If We Were Vampires by Jason Isbell oh, so from the Nashville Song Record. So I'm going to pick this song of the year because I'm particularly susceptible at this moment in my life to songs that are unafraid to look at, boy, things are going really well and, and they, will not, they will not be with us forever. So let's remember let's make part of what is making it go well is an acknowledgement that time is moving inexorably inevitably forward mm -hmm. and we're not going to have forever and so i the the line that just i was kind of half listening you put a record on the first time and you're half listening and you know me like a song starts and it's quiet and i'm like uh oh this might be a skipper for me and this one grabbed me right from the beginning and it's the second verse that just uh destroys me if we were vampires and life was a joke we would hold hands and sit around and smoke um it just yeah the yeah. description of if we had forever we would behave differently but we don't so let's maybe we'll have 40 years together but one day you'll be gone and one day i'll be gone oh, is, the, is the way the song ends but but i don't find it sad i actually find it remarkably comforting like everybody lucky enough to have a great marriage is going to have to face this and we're not alone in it and we can take control of it rather than having it take control of us. So, uh, and a last minute audible, I'm picking if we were vampires. Let's by go. Jason Isbell Let's go. If we were vampires by Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. Not the long flowing dress that you're in Or the light 
coming off of your skin The fragile heart you protected for so long Or the mercy in your sense of right and wrong It's not your hands searching slow in the dark Or your nails moving love as watermark It's not the way you talk me off the roof Your questions like directions to the truth It's knowing that this can't go on forever Likely one of us will have to spend some days alone Maybe we'll get 40 years together But one day I'll be gone One day you'll be gone If we were vampires and death was a joke We'd go out on the sidewalk and smoke And laugh at all the lovers and their plans I wouldn't feel the need to hold your hand Maybe time I mean, Dude, that's I tell you, man, elementally guy, great lyric writing. That guy can write some lyrics. What a anyway, concept. I love, I, and I like the production. I like the really clean, well-recorded Martin acoustic guitar with a little cello and his voice is right oh, is up cello? front. I thought a lot it was of bass. It's cello, you think? Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I was great. particularly taken by that this time listening to it. Just like the low drone of yeah. the bow in the background. Beautiful bow work too. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Hard to hard to do too. That's hard to play like that. Jason, so anyway, that's my the second song on the podcast. I love it. This that is, is my daughter's favorite Jason Isbell song by a mile. They oh, never nice. heard that one in 24 frames a lot. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful song for sure. Well, you guys have done the Lord's work uh, tonight on this podcast. Nice <laughs> job. Really good attempts. Unfortunately, you both came up short. The best song of 2017 is by my girl, Lord Green light, Jeff Simons. Let's oh, go. That's a great Timmy. Let's go. That's a great pick. Let's back go. in the saddle, baby. <laughs> Here we go. Sorry, monkeys. Green light by Lord. I do my makeup in somebody else's car. We order different drinks at the same bars. I know about what you did and I want to scream the truth She thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar Well, those great whites, they have big teeth Oh, they bite you, that you said that you would always be in love But you're not in love no more Did it frighten you? How we kissed when we danced on the light of floor On the light of floor But I hear sounds in my mind Brand new sounds in my mind But honey, I'll be seeing you I mean, that's oh, I a changed song. my pick. <laughs> I mean, stuff. it's so fun. Yeah. I, by the way, I hear sounds in my mind is not a bad subtitle for my autobiography. Okay. That would be a good one. I hear sounds in my mind, the Jeff Simon story. That, I like that it. summed up my whole life pretty good. Or, or that shark bite line. What was the shark bite line? <laughs> shark bite line is correct. <laughs> that song kicks ass. Lord, uh, when's her next album coming out? Where's Where's she been? I am. Um, this is a, a constant refrain with me and my daughters. There's like okay. these artists that I have, like, well, Ke uh, Kendrick Lamar hasn't come out with a record in a long time. Yeah. And what Lord hasn't in a long time. Like there, there's people that I'm like legitimately worried about. J uh, Georgia follows her on Instagram and uh -huh. Twitter and she's working. Like there's a okay. new album coming. Okay. And dude, there was a long break between Pure Heroin and this record too. Um, and in fact, so basically, yeah, it paid off like oh, great album paid off huge yeah. dude. So she's, she's from New Zealand and 
maybe Jeff will know. I can't remember the name of the dude who produced Pure Heroin and um, also the first one, the, the EP. But she had a single guy who she was like working with from when she was like 16 to 18 or 19. Um, and super similar to Taylor Swift. It, like everyone was like, not everyone. There were people who were like, oh, she's just like a puppet of this guy. Like this, yeah. th- this is his record, uh-uh. not her uh-uh. record. First of all, so disrespectful. Then it was a long time before her next record came out. And she basically wasn't working with this guy anymore. And it doesn't sound like it was, it was like bad. It doesn't sound like it's not like a Dr. Luke Kesha situation. It was just like, she was just ready to work with somebody else. And so okay. she signed up with Antonoff. Um, but you know how it takes, like when, when you have a huge, gigantic, massive hit record, and then it's two or three years. So the next one comes out, there's some anticipation for it, but there's also some nerves about it. Yep, you know what I mean? right. Like, and she, she basically, like, I was like, I have like, it was my impression that she was super extra mega talented, but maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe this record will suck. And it was the opposite. It was the opposite. I mean, she, yeah. she plowed her own road, found her own path. And this record is a masterwork, a master. This song is great, but there's like seven, eight great songs on this. And also she's like, Jeff, uh, I really like Jeff's take on Adele and various other people who are like, um, you know, too young to have this wisdom and they're sharing like what it would be like to, you know, have a breakup when you're 40. It's the opposite. These records like Lord is actually sharing wisdom from her age group perfectly. She's like describing yeah. melodrama right. is such a great description of what it's like to be, you know, 19, 20, 21. Right. And, having a and obviously I'm not a super famous, good looking female in New York, but I mean, like <laughs> I, 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 having lived through those years, melodrama captures it perfectly. And she really captures like the angst of it and stuff. And there's like a wisdom to her understanding of those years. That's just beautiful. Yep. Totally agree. I also Dude. love that she, those are the same exact piano chords as hello. And she just does that. Like, it's just such a great trolling of Adele's hello. And then she turns it into something completely else. But when I first heard it, I was like, she's going to get Wait sued. Yeah. But it, it's it's so funny. It's even the same. I mean, it's a piano recorded to sound exactly like the beginning of hello. Oh, I, it just hilarious. makes me laugh. I love that I little just like out. wink to, uh, to what's on the radio. It's just so great. All right, gentlemen, it is Saturday night in the Plain household. I got to go work some dinner for this family. I know we're a little late, but that's okay. What are you guys having? I don't know. That's that's part of the work that I got to do right now. <laughs> There's always pasta. How are we not sponsored by a delivery food service yeah. yet? Oh, that'd like, be great. Get on that. All this right. would be the perfect moment. Like, you know, it's eight o'clock and I haven't fed the family, but that's why we've got DoorDash. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm hey, ready Timmy, to sell out to those clowns immediately. It's too late for you tonight, but you should ask your uh ask Flannery if she knows about the TikTok feta pasta sauce. There's a feta pasta sauce? Oh, dude, okay. it's amazing. Jordan Dale tipped me off to it. You get a brick of feta and you put it in the middle and you surround it with cherry tomatoes, onions, garlic, basil, oregano. And then you broil it for 45 minutes and it just melts into this slag of cheese and tomatoes. It's so good. (laughs) All right, I'll check that out. Hey, next week I want to hear Ben's opinion on the new version of Fearless that Taylor Swift put out. Oh, very nice. Happy to share. You get a week week to digest and then I want to hear it. And that's great because next week I will also be reciting some of the poetry I wrote at the age of 17. So I'm excited nice. about that. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. That's no, fantastic. That's a joke. Yeah. Okay. Hey, work with me here, fellas. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later. Adios, Timmy. Good dinner, Thanks, man. Friends. Nice Bye-bye. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. 
Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.